Sound effects in this podcast is brought to you by Festlian Studios, BattleBars.com, and Pro Sound, and some of them are made by the Dungeon Master himself. This show is R-rated, so everybody be advised. Hello nerds and welcome back to Nordic D&D, the Ariana Saga. It is your host, John Otnason, and narrator and Dungeon Master in this podcast. Guys, this is going to be the last episode, episode 23, in the first chapter or first arc of Nordic D&D, the Ariana Saga, guys. Then after this, we're going to have a long break until we're going to continue chapter 2. So this episode also is going to be a bit longer than usual. About an hour and a couple of minutes. Now, of course I am going to share with you what has happened the last episode. And going into a little bit details about Towergrim and Kettle and the demise and death of Hunter and the attack on Bliss on last episode. But before we get to that, we're going to have a little announcement from BattleBards.com. If you like cool sound effects like this. Then go to our homepage at podbean.nordicdnd.com, click on battlebars.com and let them know Nordic D&D sent you. Oh, this would be a whole different kind of podcast without Battlebard sound effects. It, it just kind of gives it that extra oomph, if you know what I mean. Music, spells, actions, it's just, yeah, you get it. Anyway, we're gonna go back to Ariana. The last two episodes have been emotional. Hunter has passed, and it has created a lot of shock in Bliss, and most of all, in our friend Kedal. He is completely messed up after what has happened. He doesn't understand anything. He puts blame on everyone, especially on Towergrim. And he kind of, it seems like he kind of has lost the purpose of everything. He even said himself that he believes still in the rebellion. Just not like this. And we do not know completely what that means. Now, in the last episode, one of the halflings that was rescued, Garrick, introduced himself. And we saw a new side of him. He went completely berserk after an attack on Bliss, and he just molded down everyone who came close. And the last scene that we left our heroes last time, he had killed off a lot of the soldiers. Now there was a fight both outside this refugee camp and inside. Now outside of Bliss, we have a Kettle. He didn't want anything to do with Bliss, he just wanted to be isolated in this time of mourning. But he heard the bells of Bliss, which he knew were there, but have never been rung before. Because they signal an attack on the Bliss. And luckily, Bliss has always been in hiding. So the people of Bliss have had a safe haven there. But now the bells are ringing. Kettle was conflicted. Because he really didn't want to do anything about it. But his old nature still lives in Kettle. Now, the last scene we saw, he entered Bliss. And people were yelling to get help into the refugee camps. Because they did not know what was going on there. They just heard the screaming of dying people. Both inside and outside of the camp. Kettle goes inside. He sees soldiers standing there. A big guy. He was badly hurt. And two new soldiers standing not that far away from him. And his eyes catch on a bloody little halfling. Screaming in the rage of war. Here is where we're going to continue. To meet our friends. But then you see, Garrick, that there are two new guys appearing into the tent. So there's still the big guy and two new soldiers. And they are ganging up on you, moving closer to you, Garrick. And that will be the end of the third round. And we have reached now the fourth round. Okay. But then uh, they're not coming. When I get to the city and I see all of this happening, I turn... So I'm, I'm not a panther anymore because I would have turned back when I got to the city. Okay, cool. I like it. The thing you notice, Kettle, uh, we're going to focus a bit on you. As you run 
and turn back into your human form as you enter bliss. There's no guards at the entrance. And before entering, you heard the crowd panicking in the distance. The, the sound has almost stopped now, but there's still fighting going on uh, on the inside. And uh, people are... Uh, most of the people who are died are lying right outside the tent of uh, the refugee camp. And you see some of the soldiers pointing at the refugee camp and saying, Go check out if there are any survivors in there. Anyone, please. And they are... In the midst of fight, can't do it themselves. Uh, and cattle, then you like move towards the tent. And when you come inside the tent, you see uh, a massive amount of people are slaughtered down on the ground. People you know from Bliss and people from Skyr that you've met. And then you see this one halfling covered in blood. Uh, and two soldiers who are just about to attack him, and they turn around to see you enter. And uh, your initiative, Kettle, is... Five. Five, okay, cool. Um, Garrick, you have a turn first. I have a move. I have a move, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and just for context, you were just attacked by the big guy. You, you heard really bad. Um, and then it's your turn after him, right? Right. Oh, yeah, he just attacked me. Uh, but then I would like to try and attack him again. With this time, with Booming Blade. Yeah, go for it. Um, shall I go... Nineteen. Yeah, that sure hits. Okay, okay, hitting. So that's like two D eight. So that's forty eight and two D six. Twenty five and plus. Uh, 28 damage. And, and as I hit him, there's like a like a loud bang, and he's like vibrating. Oh, 28 damage. Mm-hmm. Is he dead? He's very close. I mean, you see this vibrating man just bleeding out of his ears, eyes suck his nose, eyes everywhere, and he looks terrible, but he's still standing. Well, he's standing there vibrating, and I'm gonna use my uh, cunning action to step away. Hmm? Disengage. Disengage! Uh, does this mean that he is stunned? He's not stunned, but if he moves, he takes damage. Yep. Ah, well, I don't think he knows that. He probably not. He can feel it vibrating in him still the hit, but I guess he wouldn't know. No, I don't think so. But anyway, uh, the two guys who just entered the, the refugee camp have their turn now. I'm gonna start off by rolling a perception check for him. Yeah, so the first one doesn't really see exactly what is going on. He hasn't found his eye locked on you, the halfling, yet. And the other one... Notice you and Kettle. Yeah, I'm, I'm not doing it stealthily anyway, so they would. <laughs> yeah, right. But um, saying that the first one uh, walks in and he dashes around, um, the room moves over here, where afterwards he sees you, Garrick. But he has no more actions or movements. The other guy walks straight over to you, Kettle, and goes for an attack. Yeah. He uses a scimitar and rolled a 16 to hit. Yeah, hits. You take four slashing damage. Yep. And after that, it is your turn, Kettle. Well, I have no idea what's going on. So, um. Yeah, so I would understand that Kettle maybe has mixed emotions of what to do and why he's there. It is. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna burn a third level spell slot and conjure woodland animals again. I'm yeah, gonna make two uh, bears appear. One here, one here. Then I'm gonna, I'm gonna roll initiative with them and ask them to uh, this one attack that guy and uh, that one attack that guy. I'm gonna tell them to. Yeah, so attack the two guys who just came in who are um, uh, not hurt at all. Cool. And then uh, I'm gonna use Shillelagh. Chile. Chile. 
and they are going to have 19 for initiative. And 19 initiative. Nice. So um, that's going to be, yes. That is good initiative. The bears sense your anger and frustration. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm mad. And then there's the vibrating dude who looks terrible. He, uh, after standing there a few seconds, eyes locked on you, um, Garrick takes one step towards you because he wants to fucking kill you. And then he takes 2d8 damage. Roll those dice. 13. Okay, as he takes one step, the vibrations get more intenser, then he, he implodes from the thunder inside, and it just tears him apart, and there's meat uh, chunks just falling everywhere. The sight of this halfling and what he leaves behind becomes more and more gory. <laughs> uh -huh. um, but then it is your turn, Garrick. Okay. I'm gonna run in, so just I'm um, 20 feet away from him. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna throw my shadow blade at him. Yeah, so this guy who just came in and who was dodging around room, searching for you, and has who has come very close to you is the one that you're attacking right now, throwing your dagger. Oh, two twos. I should not have thrown it. it oh, that did not it. If only it was a one, I could re-roll it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so so I, I miss. Okay. I yeah, <clears throat> so all this blood covering you, the splash of this uh, imploded man in front of you covers your eyes and you, you throw your dagger and try to attack him, but uh, you miss. But then the blade reappears in my hand. Oh yeah, that's that's a cool effect. Nice. That's it for me. Okay, cool round. And uh, then this kettle's bears. All right, this bear over here. 5, 10, 15, 20. Five, stand there. Attack him. First with a with a bite. It's plus five for C. Nine does not hit. Secondly with its claws. It's gonna be uh, 23. Yeah, that hits. So the claw steel. Seven plus four. So that's eleven. Slashing damage. Okay, cool. So the bear goes for a bite and he dodges it and misses. Then the bear uh, goes and claws in his chest, getting a really good uh, chunk of him. Cool. It actually ends his life. And he gets, uh, gets mauled to the ground and this bear will run over here. Attack him. Okay, nice. He gets all the way over to him. Yeah, cool. First with the spike. Mm -hmm. Nine again. Miss. Misses. Miss. Miss. So miss misses both times. No, okay. Okay. So the other bear stampedes over to uh, the next uh, soldier there and tries to claw at him, but he dodges first, attack again, dodges the second, and he misses both strikes. Yep. And then afterwards, it is actually his turn. This bear is standing and behind him. He dodges both strikes, but he goes for the sword, makes this first attack on you, Keto, standing right in front of him, believing you are the easier target to get down. Yep. But he rolls only a 12 to hit. That's not hit. Yeah, no, so it doesn't hit. So he uh, um, gets very distracted by the bear trying to attack him uh, um, twice, so he misses. But he's standing now, looking you straight in the eyes, Kettle, as it is your turn now. It's my turn. Okay. I am going to... Hit him with my staff. So that's gonna be a 24 to hit. Well, that is a sure hit. And he takes plus five, seven points of magical piercing there. No, not, not piercing, bludgeoning. Yeah, exactly, bludgeoning. Well, he takes a good strike of it, but he's still okay. And then. Um, I use one bomb of the summer cord on myself to heal. And I heal up. Mm -hmm. That's that's all for me. And then it's Garrick's turn again. Uh, I'm gonna run. One, two, three, four, five. And cutting action dash. One, two, three, four, five. God, he's far away. Yeah. This is a big-ass refugee camp. <laughs> yeah, but I'm gonna 
try throwing at him anyways. Because I'm within 60, right? Yeah, go for it. So it'll be disadvantage, but I have advantage, so it'll just be a regular roll. Okay. 23. Nice. Ah, but... Oh yeah, and he's engaged, so I get sneak attack. Fifteen damage. Yes, tell me, how do you want to do it? It's a shit, uh, a sort of shadow sticking out from his neck. And then the blade disappears and it reappears in my hand. Okay, cool, so you walk uh, towards him and as far as you can and then you take your uh, shadow blade and you throw it. Get stuck in his throat, the blood sprays out, and you retrieve it magically back in your hand. As the body of the last soldier falls to the ground, dead. What's this kind of magic? Oh yeah, on that note, Kettle, can you make a perception check for me? Sure. It's gonna be 18. Okay, 18, nice. Well, Kettle, there are two things that you noticed here. Of course, you notice the familiar people on the ground, civilians. You remember Garrick, uh, you don't know him by name, but you remember him from uh, one of the halflings that you saved by the gate, who was on one of the griffins, the one who touched your hand as you were to leave and flew off. And you remember also that one of the soldiers that you just fought off is one of the soldiers that were fighting by your side in Skyre. Is there any uh, ruckus going on outside? No, it seems like it is Damping down and dying out. Okay. Then um, I would like to. I, I would. I just look at the halfling. And I ask what's what happened. What happened? Um. They 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 attacked suddenly. They they snuck in and and attacked everybody. Okay. Uh, I need to go. Uh, I'll go speak with the tower room yeah. to see what uh, what happened, and I'll just have the bear patrolling. Seeing if you want. The bears are like just walking among you as you're talking. Kettle, your kettle, right? Almost circling um, you. Uh, I, I would like to talk to you at some point. Well, we'll figure that out. Okay. And I, I'd still leave towards Targum and have I, the bears control. I follow him, but like not like sn like I just walk after him, like you know. Uh, uh, healthy distance. Healthy distance, you know, like you know. Are you, are you I, I would probably do. Do you, do you wish to stealth? Because no, I'll, I'm not. I'll I'm not you. trying to hide. I'm just walking. Because then, then I'll then I'll turn around if I know that you if I notice that you follow me and I'll ask. I'm not what, following. I'm just your, your walking in the same general direction. What is your business as walking in the same general direction as me? I I I'm just. I need to talk to you. What do you need to talk to me about? This is so urgent. Well, I, I wanna I wanna make right what happened. You can't make right with heaven. Well, so I want to so help. Talk finished. I want to help. We we both lost friends. I want to help. Yeah, but you couldn't. You we both lost friends, but I was the only one who uh, were actively trying to to save anyone. You were helplessly detained by those guys. Yeah. Yeah. I was. So, I don't. That's why I don't. I, I don't. I don't know what kind of help I I would expect from uh, from. From you, if if you find yourself in similar situations, I'm not not even going to, uh, to to take that offer seriously. I'm not I'm not in any kind of position right now that I want to protect someone, especially uh, not you. Well, and then I then I turn around, I cast pass without trace on myself. The bears dissipate, and I try to stealth away um, from. I know where he's going, so I'm just gonna go to where... Uh... It's 18 for stuff. Oh, well, I'm gonna see if I can follow him, so... Intense! Yeah, roll a perception check, uh, Garrick. Well, yeah. Yes. 14. Nope, Kettle disappears before you see where he's going. In uh, some kind of magic blur. Uh, but, um, well, but I'm going to talk to him, because he already said he was going there, so... Yeah, well, Taugrim, he is... I'm uh, not going to Taugrim. What? No. <laughs> well, I... When, when I, when I still... Okay. Okay. I said I was going. But anyway, as... Not far from where you're standing, Garrick, your eye catches Taugrim, where he's, like, walking around... 
coming to situation, evaluating what is going on, talking to rangers and stuff like that. Did you go over to him? Well, I went to talk to him because I assumed he was going there because yeah. he said so. Okay, well, he's talking to... Are you Berlin sure you got them all? Time. I feared this would happen, but we can't panic now. Gather all the people we know from Skyr and see how many are hurt. He looks around the camp, uh, very distraught and uh, nervous. And Do you know how they even got in the refugees' tent? And who they were? Do I hear, I hear them talk? Yeah, yeah, you heard them talk. Um, I, I saw them come in. I, uh, they, they, the big guy cut a hole in the tent and they, they snuck in there. So they got past our walls, got all the way in here, through the side of the tent, without anyone noticing them? Where were you, Berrien? You're the head of security of the gate on walls. I've got no excuse, Telgrim. The people were at their posts, and I was just relieved for a break. I don't know what happened. This has never occurred before. I'm ashamed, and I do apologize, Telgrim. Apologize later, Berrien. Find out who the intruders were, and how come no one saw them enter. Berian nods and is to leave. Then Togrim calls on him again. Berian, I'm sorry to inform you like this, but our dear friend Vissa didn't make it. They killed him. I know you were close. Berian looks to the ground, nods, puts her hands over his eyes, and leaves. Oh. That's bad. I like him. He was a great druid. This is a great loss. Togrim has this concerned look in his eyes. He is known to have very kind, soothing eyes. But now he seems angered. He's furious. Togrimna! I knew something like this would happen. He then points to two nearby rangers. You two, go help Berrien and search every corner of the walls and the tent where the young halflings witnessed the intruders coming in. I'm not that young, I'm oh, just short. I'm, I'm sorry. How old are you? Oh, I'm like almost 30. <laughs> My apologies, friend. What, what was your name again? Garrick. Garrick. Well, well, I won't forget that again, Garrick. Thank you. Tell me. You seen Kettle lately? Yeah, he ran off. Was he here when all this happened? Did he help? Did you see where he took off to? I, I actually thought he was going here, no, but I, uh, I, uh, I don't know where he went. He 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 lost me. Quite sneaky for a big fella. Yeah, he is. Well, at least he's okay. I'm glad he came to aid us in our time of need. Anyway, keep your eyes open, Garrick. We welcome you to the rebellion. I am needed elsewhere. And then Tawagrim leaves. Um, now there is chaos in this, no doubt about that, Garrick, as you can see people are mourning even more now that their loved ones have passed and been killed and, and no one knows how many that is. And as for Kettle, there's no sight of him. I kind of lost the trail, so I, I think I'm going to go look through the people I just killed and see if they have anything interesting on them yeah. and have anything better to do. No, it makes sense. Well, after scavenging around uh, the remains of the soldiers inside the tent, you find about 200 gold, and you find many scimitars, daggers, some uh, half-plate mail uh, armor. Yeah, I obviously can't fit the armor, but I'll take a, I'll, I'll take a scimitar. Oh, and was the daggers as well? Yeah, there were a couple of daggers there also. I'll, I'll gather. Uh, I'll take a sword, a uh, scimitar, and, and two, two daggers. Uh, and there's no obviously no halflings. I would like to get some new armor, but, but uh, yeah, that's not gonna happen. Um, is there like a guy that makes? Yeah, that I must assume there's a guy that makes armor. Yeah, sure. There are uh, leather workers and blacksmiths here in Bliss. Not big. It's more just like a 
citizen that has the ability and has a small shop connected to his house. I would like to find him and ask him to see if he can make me a, a bit more sturdy armor than what I have. Okay. Um, well, the Littleburger is not that far from the tavern called Let's Forget. Um, but as you walk by and see these marketplaces, there's nobody at their posts right now because of the chaos in, in the village of Bliss. Um, but when you come to the Little Worker, there is a guy standing not that far away, like assembling uh, things that have fallen apart in the fight. And yeah, he seems like he's mumbling to himself, uh, a bit annoyed at the situation. Look at this. Look at that. Everything is ruined on the ground. The people are dying. The blood. Oh, the mess. The mess. This is horrible. Oh, shit, man. Oh, then, oh, that's broken. Of course it's broken. Oh, my God. And then he sees you coming. Hello. May I help you? Hi, friend. Um, friend. Yeah, of course we need friends. Everybody needs friends right now. Just look at this. Look at my shop. Come on, man. Yeah, friend. Well, I need a friend. What can I get for you, friend? I'm wondering if, if you could make... Uh uh, uh, some armor in my size? Arm, well, of course, armor. I make armor and leather. I'm a leather worker. I can make it in all sizes. What, you think you're unique? You think something very special with you? Of course I can do it. What, what do you want? Uh, some, like, studded leather or something uh, that sort? Can I make it? Can I make it? Of course I can make it. It's just a smaller size. It's the same damn thing. I just have to make it in a smaller size. Yes, I can. Well, I would like that. I'm sure you would like it. Who wouldn't like it? But you have to pay for it. Are you fighting the rebellion or what? But what is what's your story? Definitely. <sighs> I'm sorry. I, I get very very nervous in situations like this. I, I, a lot of people lost family members. I, I understand. I, I I don't have any family members, so I I, I can't. I, I have very bad empathy. But yeah, I can help you. But I mean, like you see this, you see this. My story it's, it's a complete mess. So you have to wait until tomorrow. I have to clean this up first. I can't do any work today. I apologize, I'm sorry. Sure, I don't think I'm going anywhere right now. It's a bit... Uh... A mess? Yeah, everything's a mess. Everything's a bloody mess right now. I know, I know. Come back tomorrow morning. Okay? Thank you. Thank you. Thank, you thank me with the gold. Thank you. Nothing needed. Nothing needed. Just come tomorrow morning. Just bring gold. Just bring gold. I will. And he just keeps on mumbling with himself as he uh, cleans up the, the store, puts things back on his place, kicks over a bucket. He uh, clearly is not a man in his right mind. <laughs> Can I do something during the chaos and stuff like that? Yeah, of course. Uh, let's get us focus back on Kadal. What are you doing? As I uh, stealth away, just to backtrack, um, I probably noticed with the bears also patrolling a little bit and coming up to me if nothing happened before they dissipated and then I passed without trace. I knew that nothing more urgent or threatening to Bliss was happening at the moment. But still, during the ruckus of people going around and trying to figure out what, what had happened, I would like to stealth, stealthily uh, approach the place where I have a good feeling that Hunter's corpse will be. Okay, sure. Roll a stealth check. I will. And I still got password trace, because I can concentrate while I'm... Uh, that's really good, so it's at least 30. Plus, plus, the, plus 3 decks, so 33. That's a, a crit, natural 20. Okay, cool. Well, you come to this stone sarcophagus where the body of Hunter is lying in. Nope. Seems like nobody has noticed you coming. And uh, when I get there, I um, is there anyone around the corpse during all this chaos? No, it's unmanned. Uh, at this point, guarding the dead is the least of their concerns. Then uh, I turn and use my second wild shape. Um, to turn myself into a, I think I can turn myself into a CR1 at this point. Um, so I turn myself into a direwolf. Mm -hmm. And I pick Hunter's corpse up, still with Pass Without a Trace, and I uh, stealthily move out of Bliss. So you're stealing the body as a grey robber? Yes. Okay, interesting. Um, another chaos of uh, the attack on Bliss. And being so perceptive as you are, Kettle, you cast a spell, pa pass without a trace, and uh, you stealthily retrieve the body of Hunter and leave Bliss. 
as you transform into a dire wolf. Let's see where this is going. Yep. So I stealth away and I move towards some of the same area that I was at before. And I try to search for a large stone. Do I find a large stone? Yeah, uh, Kettle seems determined that there are different stones in the forest. This forest that you know so well. So I'm not gonna ask you to roll investigations or uh, a perception check. I don't think it uh, is necessary. Because um, as you just, if you look long enough, you will find one, and you probably already know uh, which ones you want in this forest that you know so well. So, yeah, you find a large stone. Okay, and I, I go, I go about. A mile and a half away from the city, and find the stone. Uh, maybe two two miles off off of Bliss, and find the stone. And um, if, I, if it's, it's it's probably gonna, I'm searching for a large stone here, so five by five feet. Cool, cool, interesting. Yep. Um, still close by to you know, a wooded area. It's just gotta be a stone in the woods. Yes, and then um, then I place Hunter's corpse out here, and I turn back. And I, um, I, yeah, I use my fourth level spell slot to cast um, stone shit, and I open the stone. And I place Hunter's corpse in it. And I close the stone again. And I, uh, I, I shake the stone as Hunter's helm. Um, and after I, I do this, that's my fourth spell spot. And after I do this, I cast. Um, I spend eight hours casting plant growth. With my pretty good stealth check and pass, pass without trace, people shouldn't be able to track because they can only track me uh, by via magical means. So they can't figure out any direwolf has passed through the area. And now I use plant growth and I can uh, read it out loud here. This spell channels vitality into plants within a specific area. And I, I, tar I center, the, center the area around um, the stone, which has been shaped as Hunter's Helm. And there are two possible uses for the spell, granting either immediate or long-term benefits. If you cast a spell using one action, choose a point within range. All normal plants um, in a 100-foot radius centered on that point become thick and overgrown. A creature moving through the area must spend 4 feet of movement for every 1 foot it moves. So it's not only difficult terrain, it's quadruple difficult terrain in 100 feet around the stone. And, and I spent 8 hours on it, so... Um, Besides this, I um, besides these hundred feet. Um, no, I, I first cast it as a, as just an action and make these hundred feet uh, um, permanent um, overgrown. The ne next, I'm gonna use so that's two third level spell slots. Um, after that, I'm going to spend the next eight hours uh, enriching the 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 lands around this area. So. Um, it means that um, if you cast a spell over eight hours, you enrich it on the land. All plants in half a mile radius centered on a point still the still the stone within range become enriched for one year. The plants yield twice the normal amount of food when harvested, but it's probably going to be apples and stuff like that. If I enrich the half a mile around the stone and the 100 feet around it, I'm going to make a difficult terrain overgrown, um, and that's I'm going to spend eight hours doing that. Beautiful. That's so nice. And the day passes, the night comes, and then the morning after the attack on the safe haven of bliss. People are now mourning the death of Hunter, but not only that, for the people of bliss also lost loved ones. But it's a new day. Ketel, you wake up the next morning. 
you hear people are awake because you have been sleeping for a long time after exhaustion of the fight and then building this memorial to Hunter. Two seconds, I'm just gonna change over to this mic that captures all of us. There. As you wake up after this long sleep, you see an apple lying on your lap. After a while, you will hear a familiar voice. My dear boy, and this woman is standing right in front of you. I know you are mourning, it is okay, but don't be angry. Hunter gave his life for you. She takes a deep breath. The sulfur I smelled in your future is not as strong anymore, but, but I am saddened to say not completely gone. As sure as the sun will rise and the day will come, you would have died at the gate of sorrow. Don't become bitter. Honor, Hunter, and revenge his death, for his Patreon still lives, but is no longer as strong as he was before. He has become mortal in his weakened state. I cannot tell you where he is, but if you kill him now, he will die and he will not return. But grief now, Kedal, and heal, and then continue on your path, the path you and Hunter Hadarai have started. It's also time for him to wake up now. Soon the halflings will be free. Akedal, you must know this. In not a too distant future, an angel will find you. You must help him when he comes. He needs friends to stop the great darkness of Grimna from coming. But don't worry about it now. It will be all aligned in the end. But watch out for the smell of sulfur, Gadal. It will be sad if your great fate becomes undone and she slowly becomes a tree standing right in front of you. Okay. With apples like the one lying in, in your palm. Before she goes, I would just like to, to say a small comment. Or as she probably is turning into a tree. I say to her that uh, I'm not afraid of the scent of sulfur. I'm going to seek it out. Then you see three to four apples just fall on the ground and roll against you. You feel a, you feel a, a sense of peace as wind comes through the trees and like touches your skin, cools you off and warms you in the same way. And the fog lifts from the area where you are and the sun comes out. Alright. Kettle still feels very bitter and left out of this entire situation. Even though the goddess of earth just told him to uh, to be glad for uh, for her sacrifice, he isn't. It, not, not one bit. And uh, some form or another, he knows that the scent of sulfur is connected to the being who killed Hunter. So he's going to seek it out and he doesn't. But he looks at the tree, um, nods, and walks over, tends to the to the stone where Hunter was just placed, takes some of the undergrowth up and places it upon the stone, as if to make the undergrowth also encompass the stone eventually. And that's what he's going to spend his time on right now. As you walk, uh, working on the stone, relying uh, the grass growth there, the fog comes back, the chill in the air comes back and it starts to triple a little bit of, of rain. Back in Bliss, Tawagrim, the half-orb druid and leader of the safe haven of Bliss is standing by his window, looking out. And all of a sudden, there's a yell, STRANGER! A DWARF! A DWARF IS LYING ON THE GROUND BY THE TOWN ENTRANCE! And a lot of people are starting running around to go to this entr uh, entrance and Taogrim himself leaps off and um, on his way he sees Perian and Jordan and says Go find Garrick. You want me to find the halfling? Yes, we don't have time for this. We don't know where Kettle is and we don't know who this dwarf is. He may be a tradeling. We need to be ready for anything, especially after yesterday's attack. Go find everyone who can fight and Garrick is one. Now go! And then they all run out to this uh, dwarf. And when they come to the dwarf, Jordan uh, 
grabs Garrick, comes with Garrick, and meets the dwarf lying on the ground there, where Terrogrim is standing looking at him. This dwarf has passed out. It looks as though he has hypothermia. That's strange in this climate. Yes, he's freezing and wet. It looks like he's been in some river. Odd. What do you suggest we do, Terrogrim? Kill him? Throw him out? No, we don't kill him until we know who he is. And he knows his way to bliss, so we're not just gonna let him go before we know precisely who he is. He doesn't look like he's carrying the armor of Strongjaw. I don't think this dwarf is from Beltrock. Berrien, were there any dwarves among the scum who attacked us yesterday? No, they were only humans. Alright. Well, if we leave him here, he will surely die. Put him in the tent with Hadurai. When he recovers, we'll see what he has to say, and then we'll decide his fate. Amberian? Any sign of Kettle yet? No, I'm afraid not, Tawakram. All right, then. Garrick, come with us. Okay. And they all go back to the tent. At this time now, they are in are in a tent where Hadurai is, and as you enter, you've, you hear that Hadurai is beginning to move, and he hasn't been doing that for a long time, and starts breathing, and starts hears people coming in and actually wakes up, because there's a lot of ruckus, people are bringing this dwarf inside, throwing him on bed, and taking with, with the shirt off him, blanket on him, and trying to get him hot. Garrick, can you watch over him? He'll wake up when his body temperature rises again. I'll be back in two minutes. I'll keep my eye on him. And he leaves. So you're standing there for about 15 minutes to 20 minutes, and Garrick, now, oh, and the dwarf gains consciousness. And that is you. Okay, should I describe my character? Yeah. Okay, so uh, I'm a big dwarf, strong, also a bit fat. <laughs> um, he's bald with a large white beard, and um, Usually he runs around with a loincloth only on and maybe a cape if it's cold and he's wearing a spiked armor, typical dwarfish spiked armor. Um, he has many scars all over his body and some tattoos and he looks quite old, battle-worn. Yes. <coughs> so at this time when you're kind of conscious as your, your, your spiked armor is actually taken off and mm, lying okay, yeah, sure, by your bedside sure. um, and you gain consciousness and you're, you don't know really where you are and you don't know any of the people in this tent. Oh, Hadurai wakes up? Hadurai wakes up, gains <laughs> consciousness after being passed out for a long time. <laughs> and uh, he can see with his passive perception that he doesn't know any of the people in here. And you are just exhausted from being ill for so long. Hmm. And now you're standing in the room, and uh, Garrick is standing in the room with two sick people, both gain consciousness. And I don't know any of them. You don't know any of them. Um. Nurse! <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't deal well with sick people. Uh, uh, dwarf? <coughs> uh, well, who, who are you? What are you doing here? Oh, excuse me. You're a halfling, aren't you? Yeah. Where uh, are we right now? Um, well, I'm not sure I should tell you. Where do you think we are? I have no idea. Last time I remember was on a ship. Oh. It sank. We were attacked by some humans. Pirates. Okay. How did you end up here in the middle of a swamp? I have no idea. Oh. That's the last thing I remember. Okay. I think uh, Tauring will uh, have to deal with you. Okay. Who is that? He's the leader of this place. Uh, he, uh, hopefully he's back soon. At that mo moment he actually comes into the tent oh, uh, cool. to check up on. You're awake. Straight by Garrick and goes over to Hadurai. And sits on the bed. How do you feel, Hadurai? Uh, I actually don't remember what happened. So where's the rest of my team? I don't know how to tell you this, Hadurai. But Hunter is dead. Okay. Under which circumstances? Well, I don't know all the details. But the Great Wall to the Barrenland was under attack. And Kettle and Hunter went to stop whoever was doing this. It was actually a man you know, Hadurai. The general that swindled you out of your reward money in Fourway, Leonard Breeden. The reason I know this is because I had a long talk with Hunter before all this happened. King Bash sent him to Morrowtown West where he has been stationed. 
but something happened to him, something demonic. And when Hunter and Kettle arrived to the wall, he gained power and was too powerful to be stopped. Well, as I understand it, that's what Hunter believed. He died there with Breeden. Kettle came back a broken man. He's angry at what happened. Oh, I think he blames me. And he's angry at me for sending him there. But one thing is for sure, Hadurai. Hunter died saving the people of Westmorrow. Had the wall come down, we would all be overrun by the monsters of Barrenlands of Midmorrow. I don't know any more details. Kettle feels there was no reason for Hunter to die and that they were in fact winning. Hunter seemed to disagree. There's a lot of confusion about all this, and I haven't spoken openly with Kettle since. He's mourning somewhere, and he's too angry to talk to me. This is a lot to take in, Hadurai, and a shock for you as well. Yorotan. Yeah, yes. Go and get Hadurai some fresh water. Right away. And he runs outside and, and comes in with water and cleans you off and... Take some time to take it all in, Hadurai. There's going to be a funeral for him soon. And he comes over to, to you. What's your name, dwarf? Oh, hello. I'm Hooker Bolkonak. I am son of Tuker. I have no idea where we are. Can you tell me, please? You don't know where you are? No, not at what all. What do you mean? In the world. What is this tent? You don't know what island you're on? No. Hmm. Garrick. Can you make sense of this? Well, apparently he was sailing in a ship in the swamp and was attacked by pirates. Sailing? In the swamp and attacked by pirates? He's not in his right mind. Hey, Hooger. Tell me, where do you come from? come from the kingdom of Ironstone. Ah, I see. I was right. He isn't one of strong jost dwarves. Oh, who is that? He is the Allfather or King of the Dwarves from Belkrock. Oh, the Belkrock right. Kingdom. How long have you been away from Ironstone? Oh, so I was out sailing for many months. Okay. And we got attacked by pirates, that's the last thing I remember. But where were you when you were attacked? Oh, I don't know. I'm not good with uh, all the islands and the places and I don't really... Right. Navigating the sea and the swamps of Westmorrow and pirates. Excuse me, Hooker. Uh, he comes over, grabs Garrick, push him a little bit to the side and say... Yeah, he's lost his marbles. Pirates in our forests? There aren't even lakes here. You can't sail a large ship on the swamps of Westmorrow. And there's no connection to the waters inland and out to the coast. He's either lying or delusional. Keep a close eye on him. Something's not right here. Yeah, maybe you should get somebody with two eyes to do it. <laughs> and he takes a closer look at you. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'll find one better suited for the task. Pushes you away um, and goes outside. Uh, he comes back inside with Berrien and Jordan, the two elves. And they're just standing there over your bed. Um, well, enough of the pleasantries. Tell me, Hooger. What's your stand on the halflings who are enslaved by the human empire? Oh, I think that uh, everybody should be their own master. So you are against the slaving of halflings? Yes, I am. Can I trust that, Master Dwarf? Yes. You say you don't know where you are, but you're finding yourself in Westmorrow. Oh, okay. You have wandered yourself into our secret safe haven. Well, until yesterday it was a secret, but now it seems things have changed. That is why this feels more like an interrogation than a welcome, Master Dwarf. We are at high alert. You're finding yourself in the middle of a rebellion against the tyranny of the human empire. We want the slaves to be free and we are ready to go to war to make that happen. And now you show up, the day after the attack on our home. You seem alone and, and have an outrageous story about where you come from. I want to help those in need, so we have aided you back to health. But Dwarf, I do not trust you. Oh, I understand. Um, is, uh, is his clothes still wet? Um, it's, standing, it's lying very close to, um, to the fire, so it's semi. <clears throat> I would like to go and put some of Hugo's cape in my mouth to see if it's salty. You'll notice that it is actually really salty. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I find that weird since we're in the middle of a swamp in the middle of the island, right? I mean, we're not really close to the coast. 
at all, right? No, we're in the middle of the island and days away from the coast. Strange. How can this be? Let me try. You're right. It tastes like seawater. He takes a look at, uh, at his feet. And that which once was his shoes are completely worn out, completely worn out. So it looks like he's been walking for a very long time. It's almost slid off. So the barely lying on his feet. Huger, are you sure you don't remember anything? Oh, I don't know. I'm not sure if I remember anything. Well, give it time. Maybe it'll come to you. Yeah, I think um, I passed out sometime. This just became a bit more interesting. But until then, Hugor, you'll be watched. I'm not taking any chances. And how do I? Like I said, Hunter's funeral will be shortly. You're welcome to attend, Hugor. No, oh, great. You're our guest. But your attendant Berian will be by your side until I feel like I can trust you. That's all right. Actually, Talgrim, I want to ask you, what about the halflings that died at the wall? Did you manage to bring them back? I sent some men to the wall to collect them. They should arrive soon, Garrick. They'll be included in Hunter's funeral. But I must go and find Kettle. He'll want to know about the funeral. Yorathan, Berrien, watch the dwarf. place where you are, Kadal, you can hear shouting in the distance. Or any more? Can I hear anything else besides shouting money? Uh, not at first. You just hear your name being called. And it has come a little bit closer at this point. You hear a little bit better. And then you hear the words. Um, We're going to have a memorial in Hunter's honor. Let your anger to rest. We must bury our friend, Kettle. The funeral is about to start. Um, as I hear that, I would like to firstly cast uh, Pass Without Trace. Only save on myself. And then I would like to uh, turn myself into a giant eagle. Uh, and fly away um, towards Bliss. Just surveil Bliss, basically. Uh, I, and I would like to do it stealthily. Yeah. I'm just gonna check the giant eagle stats real quick. Yep, I got it. Do you, would you like me to roll a stealth check? Yeah. That's gonna be uh, 24. Um, you hear that he keeps on calling. Uh, so I discern that you move away from where you hear the voice is coming from. I sort of, I try to uh, fly just along the, the edge of the tree lines so I can still hear where they're shouting, trying to avoid contact with them and going straight for bliss. I know you better than you think, boy. You always love the tall trees of these parts. I'm sure you heard me. Do with it as you wish. In the middle of bliss, there's an altar made in the memory of Hunter, where there are flowers lying around. Someone has chiseled a stone sculpture of an arm holding a bow in the shape of horns, and a helmet like the one of Hunter lying at its feet. The sculpture is made out of stone. All the people of bliss have come. The weather is grey from thick fog still, and is a bit windy 
and sprinkles of rain are falling to the ground. Then the local part steps out to the people and says, Friends, family members, and all those who know Hunter, the fallen hero and father of this rebellion, I have gathered stories and information about those who interacted with Hunter. This is a great day of mourning for many, of Skya and Bliss and his followers. We have lost today a great friend who we are to bury and to call him what he really was, a great thiefling. You've shown us all that even thieflings can be good. And that was the choice that Hunter made to be good and to help those who are in need and bondage. Not only did Hunter choose to be good, it's a fact that he died for. Now many of us are hurt, confused, and we do not have the answers of why such a dear friend had to die. This surely is a thorn in the side of the rebellion. But I have talked to Tower Grim. We must not lose hope. And that with Hunter has helped start. We must finish. So all halflings may be free. And on that note, in respect to Hunter, I have talked to Tower Grim, who talked a long time intimately with Hunter. I have written a poetic song, which I will sing as we lay Hunter in the grave and mourn and remember him. And then you see some guys coming out with instruments. Retribution we have won 
At this point, the sun rises and the rain clears. A giant eagle flies over the funeral, watching the entire thing. People are moved. People are crying. People are mourning. And the tomb of Hunter is sealed. And he is buried. Till all are free and we have won. Um, standing there and comes over to, to Garrick. Garrick, I must say, I'm at a loss without Kettle. And I can't help but worry. I'm very surprised he did not show up at Hunter's funeral. Mm-hmm. He and Hunter are the founders of this rebellion, and I don't know any next moves right now. But we must carry on. Yeah. At least Hadarai has awakened. Hunter and Kettle are in league with Hadarai, so he must want the same thing. When he has fully recovered, we must discuss what we are to do next. Yoritan and Berian are training the people of Bliss to fight. But they will need more training. They are not ready yet, and we can't wait until they are. We must continue what we had planned before all of this, to hit Morrowtown West or Camp Thran. There was also this plan to gather gold in a tomb over in Westmorrow, and we had to fix an ancient portal to get there. It has now been restored, so there are moves to make. But which move do we make first? I must meditate on it. As Targrim tells Hunter this, Garrick, Garrick, sorry, tells Garrick this. Too soon. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's <laughs> the morning. It's okay. the morning. I came. Take it I easy. I can't quite uh, shake the memory yet. As right as Targrim tells Garrick this, um, and probably as Targrim is issuing scouts out, um, a giant eagle lands close by the memorial site. Right as it lands, its body um, sort of turns in on itself and reverts back to a human shape. Kettle, I step out towards the statue. Found him. Yes, look at that! There he is! But what is he doing? Um, I'm probably only like 10 feet from it when I land. And I step towards the statue and I place something there uh, at the statue and I just look and shake my head Kettle! towards the, the crowd and I uh, turn into a, a, an eagle again fly away. Kettle ignores again the calling of Talgrim and flies off. Talgrim now goes over to the paper, he takes it, he reads it, and as he reads it he has this serious angry expression on his face because he's so annoyed and fed up with Kettle's attitude and behavior. He frowns, he shakes his head, but then suddenly, as he reads on, the expression of his face becomes softer and he gets a large smile on his face. And here is where we're gonna stop this week's episode and conclude the first arc of Nordic D&D, the Ariana Saga. Now, what is in that letter that Haugrim just read? And what is now the faith of the Rebellion and the Halflings? And who is that dwarf that suddenly just reappeared in bliss, wet with ocean water and shoes completely worn out of his feet? Well, he doesn't remember completely, but, well, you just have to subscribe and ring that bell so you can get notified when the next chapter releases. I don't know yet when that's going to be, but we are going to have a long break now. And chapter 2 is going to be released somewhere in the next year. 
but I will have some updates, maybe have a live show, an interview show where we're going to talk about it. And be sure to subscribe also to our YouTube channel called The Nerd Hangout, where also updates about the podcast is going to be revealed to all of you. Now, I do hope that you have enjoyed this first chapter of the show and that you like the material that we bring. Please do leave us a comment and tell us what do you think about the show? How do you like the first chapter? Tell me the things you don't like about the flashbacks, camp lore, about the audio, about the music. Is it too much? Is it not enough? The homebrew things, everything. Give us a review, guys. Tell us what you think. Be sure to share your opinions about what you love about Nordic D&D, the Ariana saga. Well, nerds, here is where we're going to stop. I wish you all an awesome summer and an awesome fall. And I'm going to say on the behalf of the team of Nordic D&D, the Ariana saga... Thanks for the day, nerds. Goodbye. Thanks for stopping by. His clothes still wet. Um, it's standing. It's lying very close to um, to the fire, so it's semi. I would like to suck on it. Suck on it and see. <laughs> <laughs> what? Hey, there's a point. There's a point. <laughs> On the cakes of this guy. I like, <laughs> no, I would like to. to